Welcome back to a final episode for 2019. We are Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for having us. Um, we have left you with some severe blue balls the last few weeks. <laughs> Let all the, all the dust settle. Well, we have. Most people had their teams sorted. And, um, yeah, it was we... a bit of a dead end of the season. There wasn't even much carnage. There was. It would have just been us getting on the mic and being like, hey, so what's happening? Yes. <laughs> And I uh, try to save everyone from the dribble that would come out of Chris's mouth because let's be fair, mate, you, you threw the tail in about three months ago. <laughs> that would be the start of the season. <laughs> but I respect you for <laughs> it was a good sledge. Ever since sledge. Robbie Gray went down? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, so let's bring up the socials facebook.com forward slash SC Insider. Yep. And uh, that, is, that is actually right, yeah. Um, Twitter, <laughs> SC underscore Insider underscore. Uh, Twitch is twitch.tv forward slash SC underscore insider and on YouTube and all major podcast pl- 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 platforms. Find us, uh, just just search for Supercoach Insider, which is pretty cool. Yep. So awesome. Obviously, we've been out in the weather because we're a bit rusty. We are. We, we are a bit rusty. Um, first thing, though, we're going to do a little shout out here. Paul Leach, our man Paul. Shout um, out, Paul. Mate, he's he's been hitting us up online with the old bands. He has sponsored... For the James Squire, the Chancer. So we're going to take a chance and uh, try these ales. These are actually good. The little gold nail. I actually don't mind the gold nail. Well, it's, it's here's decent. the funny part, Chris. Is uh, here, cheers, cheers to you. Cheers, cheers to Paul Leach, mate. Uh, thank you for the season. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh, thank God. Yeah, decent. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I took a real no, chance. The gold nail's good. I took a real chance. I have not been paid for work for the last six weeks because I've been on prac on placement. Nice. I took his money for the six pack and I invested it into the carton <laughs> to get more back. I, I respect. So I took a real chance, Paul. It's no, good effort. Though. Um, good so effort. I've got a lot more of these, and thank God they're delicious. I actually, um, I had drinks for the first time in a few weeks uh, this weekend. Just gone. Um, so my fridge is actually fairly stocked full of beer because I only had like the one time I looked at his fridge on my way up, and he's got about half a carton sitting there. It's true. It's the true. one time you bring beers. Um, yeah, so Chris, how did you finish the year? Oh, I, I was really upset towards the end of the year because obviously my strategy was to play the long game this year. From last year, I, I had the issue of I ran out of trades way too early and I bombed out with, uh, I ran out of trades about six rounds early. This year, it seemed to have the opposite effect. There was not much carnage. Even the last round, there was very, very little carnage of, you know, resting players or anything like that at the end of the year. Um, which really impacted me because I, I still held those trades and held those trades and held those trades and held those trades and then they really didn't do anything for me. So um, that sucked. Um, I ended up finishing my, the last week. Oh, man. Obviously, the last week was a huge week. It was like there was like record super coach scores. I had a score of about 26.50, which I thought was pretty good at the time. And, I, and I'm like, oh, I'm going all right here. But of course, the big one was that I didn't have was gone, which really impacted me. So yeah, but you made up points for the weeks before that. Yeah, like I, I ended up winning that trade overall. But um, yeah, gone the week I think week before was average, and Goldie went one seventy two or something. Yep. So you know, what's you, better than a one seventy, Chris? A two hundred and twelve. Yeah, yeah. So I got I got smacked on that, um, and yeah. So I actually ended up losing from from seventeen thousandth rank or like so seventeen eight hundred. 
I went down 350 spots with a score of 2,000. Did you push back out to 17,000? No, I, I literally haven't gone up since like round. I thought you got close to like 10,000. Didn't you get close? I pushed back in and then pushed back out. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a horrible year. So, as Marshall, <laughs> it was basically exactly in correlation with whenever Marshall scored well and, oh. and Zebel scored bad. Because it was like, there was weeks where. Um, you know, Zebel would get 120s and 130s and it was fantastic and he was going great and then he would get a 60 and Marshall would go 110 and you'd just be like well there's a 50 point swing yeah. like it, it was that bad so I, I actually um, yeah it wasn't a good year, end of the year so yeah, <laughs> I'll just, just leave it there well, he, he's ah, a- however I, I did oh, win I, I was hoping this. I did win two draft leagues and, uh, and uh, our first inaugural keeper league so I won that with about 10 first-year players in my team because I'm, you know, I'm banking on the future. And uh, I looked at your team last week and I thought, oh, you got a long way to go to, to win. I actually week. had a lot of young talent in my team and then I got rid of some to try and win mm. the inaugural. And it didn't work out because the week that I needed to score well, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> so I got I got booted pretty early on that one. And, and um, I yeah. also won our uh, our annual our big uh, regular draft league that we have every year. Yes, we are now both double champs. We, we call are. this the champ champ. Um, so this is why we we actually play a bit of focus on draft leagues earlier on because I've won our draft league twice. This year we pushed out to a twelve-person draft league. Chris won that one, so you've won it twice. Yeah, and we've been running it for. We're the only six, ones that well, I've been in it for six years. Uh, I think I've been five. one more than you. Five, I think five for you, six for me, something yeah. like that. But either so way, between that, us, we've, we've won, won half. We've they won. must hate us. <laughs> I don't even want to know why they're still competing. I don't know, but look, we do Shout we do have a mates. pretty big focus on draft. Uh, even then, the um, the Doctor Supercoach there. Um, Patron League. I won that one. Oh yeah, the, that the team Patron so Slack League. The Patron Slack I don't League, think so. anyone was paying attention to that, but well, I, I didn't. I didn't that. pay that much attention to it either. To be honest, I looked at my team at the end of the year. I was like, oh, I've still got some good players. I actually almost we did a, a, a on the spot um, dream team draft as well with a bunch of your friends from yeah, school. yeah from uni yeah. Um, and I got knocked out in the prelim after I went like seventeen and nil or something. In the, in the you didn't even season. look at your side. I didn't even look. I, I updated once every five weeks and went. Oh yeah, I who looks at do this. who looks at fantasy? Um, look, so for me, my year, I was really happy with the original starting side that I did have. Uh, I could have pushed a little harder earlier. Even then, my, the luck that I had, I burnt trades stupidly that other people wouldn't have had to because I bring in Whitfield and then he gets injured that week. I bring in Hearn, who was a good option, and then he does old man calf, cost me a donut, and then he's out again, so I had to trade him in. You know, just all these like little stupid things. I bring in Lysette after he's pretty much peaked. Like, he got me a 115 and then, what, a couple of 80s and then bang, out he goes. So that was another bad move for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, even right to the very end when I was sitting there trying to make that decision, I had to get uh, Ryan. I brought in Sicily at the wrong time. Like, Ryan I brought into my side who didn't score that well and then got injured again as well. So, considering the amount of double trades I had to do, I think I did quite well. Um, the, the funny thing was, though... When I had Hearn out, I was looking at what I was going to do with my side. I actually thought about bringing in Trelaw because I knew he was going to go big against the Suns. And the only way I could do that, though, is if I brought in a cheap defender. And I was actually looking at bringing in Heath Shaw, funnily enough. Really? And I could have had Heath Shaw and Trelaw. Instead, I brought in Daniel Rich, who did fairly well, um, and Duncan, who actually didn't do that well for the last few rounds, which I was a bit surprised about because their draw was definitely quite weak. Um... Also, a quick little shout-out. I beat Stonesy in, I think it was the final for 001, <laughs> the standard 001. Uh, he actually came up with a little meme thinking he'd won of, uh, I think it was someone something raping a 
line or something or other with Stonesy's Oh, yes, face. no, I, I did see that. Yeah, and then, so anyway, so Stonesy beat me, uh, and then scaling, Daniel Rich went up like 19, uh, no, was it? He went from like 90 to about 103 or 104 points. So he went up at least 10 to, what, 13 points in scaling. And by that point, I actually beat Stonesy, and his meme meant absolutely nothing. And we would not have known if it wasn't for lovely Carl. Thank Carl you, Carl. Carl Leto for telling us that Stonesy got too Nothing excited. Nothing like a little bit of friendly banter, right? Nothing like being premature. <laughs> Chris has had a whole life absolutely. of it. He's used yeah, to it. Yeah, it is the story of my life, absolutely. Uh, so in the end, my last round, I scored 2,755. That was with Hawkins sputting up the last two rounds. So what was your he last looked score? good. 20... 27.55. Oh, yeah, that's, that's decent. I think that's pretty um, much, that was probably par for the round. Well, I was just hoping to stay into the top 500, to be honest, and I actually lost four places in the last round with a 27.55. So I finished 361st overall, uh, my highest finish to date, and I was just stoked to be in that top 500. So uh, for me, it was more a case of if I didn't burn those trades the wrong way, um, I was toying up bringing in Marshall instead of a lie set, which would have been amazing and saved me another trade there a few little a few little things but you know it's been one of those years i can't really complain because i did have a lot go a lot go my way um so yeah that was pretty much me in a nutshell 361 for me chris not bad not bad which is it's upsetting to me i mean it's not my best year rank um of 150 but it's um it's still pretty good it's actually really really good it's um my second best rank was 401 so, um, that's, well, considering I've only been trying, that's my that's second, second year, second of, year of trying, yeah, to, go really for trying, over, so. uh, trying to go for overall. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Although I got spanked in a lot of my leagues, uh, two weeks to go where my score didn't hit the same yeah, as everyone else's. You, you, you sort of trailed off a little Now, one thing I did do is, um, there, an article came out today actually about the guy who won Supercoach. I saw. Um, which I read in depth and it really pissed me off. Yeah, because he went hard. He just he did the exact thing as say a bit, uh, Ben Ashton did, where he just went hard early and he ran out of trades when Luke Ryan got injured, which was about eight weeks before the end of the season, and just managed to hold on with his squad. Um, and I had a look at like the difference in players between his squad and my squad to sort of get a vibe of where I went wrong. Um, so he obviously had Gorn, so he held on to Gorn during that time. Um, whereas I had Goldie, he had Lyset as his extra player that he had on the pine when he was injured, but obviously had Heaney as that swing M7. So he kept Lyset for what three weeks without. He had to, and just luckily oh, didn't yeah. get an and injury came... in the forward line. And then he luckily Lyset did well, and in the Heaney final. was the that was, yep. the loophole. Exactly. Wow. And so Heaney was on the pine yeah. that last round, which got a fifty-four or something. Yeah. So then he did and Lyset I think Lyset got a one ten. Yeah. That was what won him. The, that's literally what won him. Heaney oh, spudding oh, up. Oh. Is oh. what won this guy the um, the number one uh, super coach mantle. He obviously had Marshall. Um, my last forward upgrade ended up being back to Robbie Gray because I couldn't actually afford any other player. Um, Dunkley, of course. So these guys are guys that were must. So Marshall and Dunkley were the big ones this year. Dunkley, for sure, from a starting squad perspective. Like, he, yeah, yeah. For me, Dunkley, I had in. I started uh, with full premiums. I didn't have. I didn't get get tempted by Matt or Brad Crouch, which really worked in my favour as well. Yeah. Uh, the only one I didn't have was the uh, Libertore, which would have benefited me early. That's pretty much only, the only... If you trade him at the right time. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Only if yeah, unlike some that held him and he yeah. dropped back down to three hundred k. Unlucky. <laughs> what an idiot! What an idiot! <laughs> Who would do that? <laughs> um, the unfortunate one as well. So uh, he actually did not have Boke. So he went the entire year without Travis Boke. Right. Um, and if but you, he had Marshall, though, so you kind of... Well, he had Marshall and Dunkley. Dunkley and Marshall were the two yeah. biggest ones. 
And look, it just so happened that he got lucky because I assume it as this happened to me at um at the buys. I had a chance of either upgrading Boke or upgrading to Dunkley, and I went with Boke instead of Dunkley. Bad choice. But I reckon it was maybe a 30 points per game swing for the rest of the year, maybe more. Yeah. Um, Boke probably averaged around 95 to 100 in the back end, whereas Dunkley, Dunkley had 130 over the back end. So it was a massive, massive swing there. Um, I didn't have five full seasons, so he did hurt me, but... He did have he did miss two games, though, which was... Yeah, well... Uh, still, still, as far as points go, though... Overall points... Um, Clayton Oliver still was better than him by, I think it was... I had both. 10 or 20 points over the year. But, you know, I would rather have had five. So one thing that um, you don't take into consideration when you're taking into consideration the games of five misses is, you know, who oh, was on the field. I took a bench score. Yeah, so you're not exactly losing out that all of no. that score. I think both weeks um, I got about 60-odd, I think, that five missed. So. Yeah, so I think, in, I think in hindsight, not having five probably hurt me because and I, I had opportunities to get him and i didn't opt to do it i tried time, to talk so. you in earlier in the year chris remember that well many times and you're what like i no. got i got locked into players like crouch which yeah. I, I like you know, a lot of hindsight. people got uh, brad crouch people could slide yeah. off on uh matt crouch got held in so a lot matt crouch could have one traded to five matt, a lot matt crouch during repaid, the season i think he repaid people with about three good rounds for the year and one of those was in the week that you needed him in the second last round yep um Mm-hmm. Here's a little funny story, Chris. Can I butt in for two minutes? Of course you can. You, um, you can butt in for as well, long as you like. I don't want to go too crazy. Uh, so the funny part was is that the placement I was on, they're mad for Supercoach. And um, funny part was they were saying, well, if you get a job here, they're like, you can't you can't play with You can't sit with us. You can't sit, you with, can't us sit because, with us. Yeah, because I podcast on it. Um, but my, my um, placement teacher, he was actually in the finals and... Um, you know, he's, he was in the finals. He was trying to get some opinions on what he should do. And he was like, okay, so should I replace this person? And he was talking about bringing in like a, uh, David, uh, Dan, uh, David Swallow or like a Henderson and like changing one of his rookies on the bench in case he needs cover. And I was like, why? Like just replace a premium if you need to replace someone. Don't replace it with a rookie. So in the end, uh, Stack was out. And I was like, okay, so you have this much money. I said, if it was me, I'd be going like Cunnington, Cunnington and JPK. You can afford them both just... Get two midfielders in, swing Walters back into your forward line, whatever. And then Cunnington went like 136 that week, won him the game. The week after that, Cunnington sucked, but JPK went massive in the final 172. round. 172. And he won. He actually won. That. He won the cash league based on the advice that I gave him. Nice. <laughs> Is that why you got employed? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so for those coach. playing at home, uh, Ben's actually a, an employed teacher now for next year. Uh, I haven't signed the dot yet, but they they want me. I am working there next year and possibly term four, but um, they're working out exactly which department and where I'll be. Because um, all, cool. all the head of departments are now sort of translating what they need, so they're filling in the gaps. Long so, yeah. story short, super coach you're still still making yeah goods on the back end of the season, which it I really has like. helped me relate to a lot of other stuff, <laughs> which is fantastic. Uh, now, uh, just back to that. So the other ones there that were different. So Bontempelli had a big year, um, averaged one fourteen. So your prediction I, was fantastic, and yeah. we'll go through the top tens very soon. Uh-huh. I good love the bolt. Um, so I had I had a chance to get in uh, Bont, and I went for Kennedy instead, and I was sort of ipsy there for there. There's not many points between them overall during that time. I actually got him at the one of the best times anyway, straight yeah. after his buy. And he went on a pretty good run after that. Yeah, so. he was, yeah. Yep. Now, Sloan was... He had Sloan as well. I don't think he was really top-notch, but no. I had Zeret who had some really poor games in the back end. 
Um, yo, and then this is where my uh, my team took a bit of a hammering. So I ran out of money, and uh, my last midfield upgrade ended up being Dan Hanbury. Um, he actually went. <laughs> he he went, went big second last. He week. went one hundred and five in the last two weeks oh. on average. So I can't really complain. He's going to be priced out of it next year. He's going. To, he's, he's averaged ninety six and played four games. There's no way he's going to be cheap. So unfortunately, you're not going to get. It. He played fantastically those last, the last few couple? games. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he was fantastic. So no, I do like him. Um, good to see him back. Funnily enough, I actually brought in Elliot Yo, uh, who's one of my last upgrades, except for Duncan, who I had to stint. Yo's with. had a fantastic year, and I tell you what, if you were not looking at it in a bias from a bias lens, Victorian lens, Yo is going to be a very high chance to take home a, a Charlie this year. I think. Um, very smoke. It's a smoky chance, but I, I think that he's had that good a year and it usually takes the umpires a year of vote getting to start recognizing the importance and the impact of players. But because he's had so much impact around the stoppages, he's led the, led the league for tackles. Um, his clearance numbers are up. He's a, uh, you know, he's a, he's a flashy player as well. I think that he could shake it. My only question mark is did West coast win enough games to make that happen, so I think they probably question. won enough. But the problem is for me, I think he's still another year or so off. I do highly rate Yo, and it's gotten to the point where he's drifting into the Doherty League for me, um, <laughs> the Forgiveness League. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to say is it, the uh, Forgiveness League. Do you only league. think of Doherty because he's done two knees and now you feel sorry for him, or no? Because he's such a good player, so you're kind of like, oh, you kind of wish you kept them, but you can't hate them because they're so good. You Fair know, call. it's one of those kind of things. Whereas it. Billy Longer, suck it, seriously, <laughs> suck it so bad. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Although here's the funny part: I was like, why can Brisbane like just pick him up on the delisted free agency and just waste <laughs> his time like he wasted our time? Can we Hashtag do that? Can waste we do his that? time? Twenty twenty. Can we? do that please and be like oh you think you're too good for us yeah, oh that'd well. be so good anyways so after i do have to say that's where we go. one thing that i um that i will say is that i am absolutely flabbergasted that st kilda have gone and delisted their two only ruckmen apart from Rowan marshall so basically they literally only have Rowan marshall on the list as a ruckman now so if they um, want no they're getting they would well, have to they would getting, have they would have to be that confident. That's what I mean. So they must have yeah. Paddy Ryder's gotta be in the mix there. Yeah. I assume it's I think done he's deal. already done deal. Um not only that, I find it really interesting that um even people like Jared Roughhead formally agreeing to go to the club before they even have their coach, which made me think that they must know inside, internally, yeah. that Ratten was going to take over. Yeah. And that's sort of come out in the last few days that it looks like that's the way it's actually going. Crazy, which is- just crazy stuff. I think so. And, the, you know, the other crazy one is they might get Sam Draper as well. So, because yeah. you wouldn't... I, I well, can't imagine I why... Sam would- Draper was thinking about recommitting, yeah, but... I, I, I think so as well, but... It's a tough one. The only other option is that they go and go out and draft because... You got to remember, yeah. Paddy Wright has probably only got one so, or two years left. Yeah, in but him there's anyway. so many ruckmen on the fringe. Like even Tom Nichols, the Gold Coast, True. he's had a had bad run with injuries. How many? Even Billy Longer. Seriously, he's gone. Like I'm not talking about Saints, but other clubs yeah. will be starting to try and pick at these guys. Segler is on the outer by the looks of it. He wants the first opportunity. There's so many rucks that you could actually. Well, utilize. Sam Jacobs is is, li- is rumored to be going to GWS this year. So yeah, um, with Riley O'Brien wonder, emerging and uh, Maybe, obviously Mummy and, well, and, and Cameron Simpsons from retired. Cameron from Sydney apparently is not happy either. He's yeah. on the fringe on. But maybe it's just a different trend of Ruckman now that they're not after these big, tall pillars that are absolute nubdies. They want mobile people like a Marshall. Like, like Brody a Grundy. Grundy. Yeah, like a Grundy, right? Yeah. Uh, we'll get to Grundy a little bit later. Oh, but um, So the last two, is he finished the season with Laird and Smith and Brody Smith um, and did not have Hearn or Whitfield. 
So Hearn had that really bad back end, which helped him. Yes. And obviously got injured Whitfield as well. Whitfield got injured. And Whitfield was injured in and in and out, in and out, in and out. So he didn't have him at the end because he didn't that's, have trades. That's the funny part about it. So isn't if, that I crazy? if I didn't bring in Laird, I actually brought in. I, and Smith had a really good back end yeah, of the year. I wish I kept him. Well, instead, now I do. I went Smith to. Who did I go? Smith to Hearn. I went. Oh, man. I, I don't reckon I won that trade. No, me either. Mm. Especially with the time he goes out and then you had to replace Hearn anyway. No, I lost exactly. so many trades. I should have kept Smitty. So should have kept him. It just goes to show that um, there are, you know, there's no one way to be really good at Supercoach. Really, what it is is luck. You got to make the right choices, yeah. but you also have to get lucky. Let's be honest. Well, so me, us sitting here preaching out saying, you know, you should do we, this. You should we do that, try. Should do this. We try and come at it though. Like we try and make informed decisions, and at the end of the day, though, like I ripped into Ben Ashton on some of his informed decisions, like Rampy, do you know what I mean? who absolutely killed it, and. From the previous history looking in, you're like, yeah, look, Rampy's doing well, but he has had the tendency to have big yeah. games and then fall off. There's only really two things that you can go on in terms of um, trying to predict something, and that's previous history and current role. Yep. Outside of that, everything else is ambiguous. Yeah, it so, it's, comes down to gut feel and just balls-ass luck. Pretty much. Uh, pretty much. It's it, The way I best describe it, though, is if you're flipping a coin heads and tails and trying to get the right answer 10 times in a row. Yep. That is what Supercoach is like <laughs> for a season. In order, the winner the winner, is, the winner is literally flipping a coin 10 times, and they are going heads. Wonderful. Tails. Wonderful. Wonderful. And everything, just, everything comes their way. Yeah, anyway, so that's, <laughs> and that's 100% accurate, and it's, it's tough. 100%. It's 100% accurate. 100%. Um, anyway, um, so I think this is the part of the podcast where we're going to go through what we got right during the year and what we got wrong. Um, we'll start with what we got right and I'll, I'll lead this one off because I did a little bit of research old Benny boy and the kick-ins. We got that right. hundred percent. Yes. Absolutely right. Um, uh, I even had this discussion with someone the other day talking about how a bad of a year Witherden had. Oh. I was like, but Rich took his kick-ins. Like granted, 100%. granted Witherden had a horrible year, yep. but he also got taken out of that role that he was good Completely at. shifted his role. And even the points that he would have got from the extra kick-ins would have actually probably still put him... He might not have gone up in average because he had a bad year, but he yep. might have still stuck around the mid to high 80s. Well, the the difference in their kicking styles is that um, whilst they're both accurate kicks, with it is a safe, accurate kick, like a Harris Andrews, a safe, accurate kick. Whereas Rich will take that kick on or kick at that extra 10 metres that you need to clear his own. That's the difference between their kicking. And it's a really good identify... Uh, well, how do I say this? It's really good that Fagan actually identified that, changed the roles to suit their individual styles. You know, with it is the one you hit on a 45, Plus, so you can turn and start your, your offense. The, but The way I see it as well, this was the first year for the kicking out rule. It was. So do you want to play it safe and be like, oh, well, with it and can kick accurately short? Or do you want to go, you know what? Stuff it this year. We're going long, and Daniel Rich he can take the short option. But worst yep. case scenario, he's just going to get it out of there, and then we can then form our defense behind it if we lose. So awesome. Um. So and I actually worked out. So fourteen of the top fifteen defensive averages um, will take regular kick-ins. The only one that obviously doesn't is Rory Laird, um, who's just an accumulator. The other one, of course, really is the number one um, defensive option this year, which was Lockie Whitfield in terms of average. However, he did still take kick-ins when he was behind the ball. It just wasn't as frequent as others. 
Yeah. So there were other like Nick Haynes took free, um kickouts. He sure took kickouts. Zach Williams took kickouts. They didn't really have a no, they single designated kickout. They taker. shared it like their salary. Um, <laughs> That's true. Although, did you see the the research that says Whitfield will actually be a forward mid next year? I do, and uh, he is actually in my early thoughts on twenty twenty. Thanks for the spoiler alert. Hey, segue. Um, now uh, the other thing is, so of those top five, 14 or fifteen averages. Um, apart from Lloyd and Sicily, all the kick takers increased their average by between five to 35 points per game. It's in, it was insane. The biggest one was Basha Hooley went from 73 to 105. Yeah. Well, help for that short oh. probably wasn't taking as many kickouts because well, short was injured out for so long. Yeah. And then he didn't get back into that role. No, he didn't. And because Basha was doing such yeah. a good job. Oh, he's having, yeah. Australian yeah, best all form, exactly Australian right. form. You wouldn't go, oh, by the way, you've been in awesome form, so we're just going to bring Short back in here. It's like, nah, you're doing that well. Yeah. Short can now fill in you know, the team role and uh, bide his time for Hooley to retire. Absolutely. I mean, you even had players like um, Luke Ryan increased his average, even though it was sort of arguable about whether he would, you know, he still increased his by about eight points per game. So um, there was a definite increase. You're not going to get that value next year, unfortunately. No. Um, but... Um, well, when we get into the 2020, we'll, we'll go through a little bit of strategy early into that. Um, and the other, of course, is our top 10 list. So we were fairly accurate. We, for those who are regular listeners yes. to the pod, we did do a, an awesome podcast with um, Supercoach Elise early in the year. Still one of our favorites of the year, I think. Yep. Um, and we wanted to... Well, we were teetering on um, getting us together to do this pod, but... Probably didn't really warrant a, a full podcast with them. Just a little bit of a review. We will probably do an off-season podcast with them again next year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they, they enjoyed it. I think we enjoyed it too. Um, well, but... Maybe we'll have to get Bretter on there saying he's the one that wins games. <laughs> oh, dude. We, they, they stirred the pot with that with, with the big matchup, but we also <laughs> poked the bear a little bit. Uh, it was very fun. That, that was a poke. It was no, Honestly, that was one of the funnest weeks build-ups to a single super coach match that was true it especially was really the way good. it finished as well even they, better. they did a really good job even better um but I, an awesome fan out there did a, a, a stupidly time consuming and fantastic yeah. fantastic that we've got these guys out here a fan of ours wrote all of our top uh, 10 selections down so um me ben yeah. uh, uh dom dunn Corey. i think it was so yeah. I, either dom dunn did it personally or he I don't know, has some magical powers, but yeah, went through and wrote down every one of our top Definitely tens. Definitely, almost out. You're right. Every um, one of our top tens. Yeah, and so uh, so Bombs and Corey as well, and then um, listed where they actually ranked overall, and then attributed a point system to where they ranked. Um, and there were some real out- outliers that just completely oh. bombed their season. I went outlandish. Oh, I think well, everyone did a little I, bit. Well, I didn't want to be boring, so I was like, no. okay, so I was like, okay, let's put in. Um, who do I put in there? Seb Ross, I put into my midfield top 10 because yep. I was like, maybe Seb Ross. He had a really good out. back end again. Yeah, but he sucks. <laughs> he was so bad for a lot of the year. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, Z- if, you want, if you want to see a good back end to the year, Zorko. You want to see a good back end? Zorko. That's true. Oh, uh, that, is, <laughs> that is also true. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> Jesus. Friday, open session. Uh, so from the top 10, so we actually got, so Ben uh, got five of his um, defensive top 10 accurate. I had four. Uh, Bombs had uh, three with two injuries. So, um, unfortunately, two of his players that he selected didn't even play this season. Or Rance was one, but he only played one game. Um, and Corey had four. 
Um, so you win that one. Midfield, midfield was this year. Even. This this is where this is where this is where the problem is right now. And for the next two or three years, the midfield is very predictable in terms of who's going to average what right now. So we can, I can, I can arguably say next year I know who the top five average is going to be. Yeah. Right now, today, and without any information of preseason, which is going to really heavily influence how we go about picking starting squads next year. So this year, you actually managed to tip seven. I tipped seven. Everyone, actually, everyone tipped seven. Tipped seven. Yeah, but you had like a, seven some of other, the top ten. Yeah, I had Bont in mine, and other people had others in theirs. Yeah, so that kind of balances out exactly right. So I think my outland, yeah, my, my lowest was actually Canelio, and Canelio was going absolutely gangbusters for a while, but then when he got injured. It just went all downhill. So he actually averaged twenty two. Oh yeah, there's another reason my season went downhill. <laughs> your your GWS um, players. Your lowest uh, rank was Seb Ross in twenty seventh spot. Yeah. Um, actually, if- McLean was my lowest forward. I can tell you that much. McLean, seriously, oh, he one of the biggest fall from graces. Where pretty much well, he was nearly McLeaning out his locker room. Having I'll said, we we both said this. Um, you know, if if Dunkley or McLean could hold a role. They yeah. would both be a top averaging forward. Well, that's why I put I put them both in the top 10 because I wasn't sure who would have the role. Yeah. And I thought McLean, even when he got pushed out, still averaged fairly well. That's true. Um, but yeah, look, I did have Dunkley top three though, Chris. My third highest forward, which I think is one of, the, one of the best bits of insight you will see this year. Um, so Bomf's worst midfield selection was Dustin Martin at 20. It was 24. And Corey actually was the best in terms of the... the, the um, uh, smaller standard deviation at Dun- with Duncan at 17. Uh, did you say Dusty was 24? Where was Seb Ross? 27. So you're saying Seb Ross was only three places behind? Yeah. So he didn't have that bad of a season. It's, right. The back end was really good for Seb Ross, though. Yeah. Um, Two years running. Moving on to the Rucks, everyone had pretty much the same. Uh, Grundy, Goldie. Um, so that really didn't... Um, uh, Grundy, Goldie, and Gorn. Yeah, I changed mine. Gorn, Gorn, though, had a fantastic back end to the year, and I was super impressed being an owner in that back end. He started so. off well, too, though. Yeah. And then, of course, the forward line. So, um, this is where it gets shaky, though. It is because very shaky. No one predicted Marshall. No one. Everyone like, had Menegola in there, who was 32. Devin Smith, you had it at us at six. He uh, obviously averaged. Injured. He's 92nd horrible. and then averaged for the terrible for the year. McLean, Wingard. Wingard had a really good couple of games in the back end of the year. Yeah. But most of the year was really, really bad. Uh, for me, it was Robbie Gray was really out there. Wingard, I also had as well. Menegola. Um, Jack Darling ended up storming home and averaging exactly what he averaged last year. So uh, good on Jack. Da- anyone who jumped on Jack Darling. Can, for, when, those, for those of you. Yeah, Jack Darling. Sorry, go on. When uh, when he got after he got injured and he had, I think he had a 9 and a 32 or something back-to-back games. From then on, he averaged close to 100 for the rest of the year. If you jumped and on him then, you would cheap. have been... And Tom oh, Lynch was cheap. He was like 320K. So here's here's the thing that I want to point out. And for anyone that did listen to that podcast earlier in the year, there was one prediction that I made, and I was the only one that made it, and I got laughed at. I got ridiculed by these three dickheads. Hibbard? <laughs> no, Hibbard was the funny one, right? But the forward who I said, this forward would not be top 10, even though he had the most top 10 finishes for a forward out of anyone else in the league. And I said, Lance Franklin was not top 10 this year. And you boys oh, laughed at me. He played you like four boys, games. No, he, How many games did he play? Any average crap. Even when he, even when he's actually a smoky when, to be in my team next year. Even when he's a real high chance. Actually, I'll be and honest. These boys, they laughed at me, and I said, Lance Franklin is uh, not top ten. I'm going to be honest. He's going to be in my team round one next year. 
He's going to be like 320k. Okay, so latest news. And I'm going to be I'm going to be needing some value. I'm latest gonna... news is Chris wants to go from 17,000 ranked to 35,000 ranked. <laughs> uh, and this time next year he's going to attribute that to Lance Franklin with his 30, 30 and 40 to start That's off. true. Now, while we're speaking of rankings, do you know who out averaged Michael Hurley? Oh fuck you. <laughs> They're both playing finals. Does it count? No, no, it does not count. I win. I what, what, what win. What was the average? Um, I will. Let's you pull it won up now. from I won. sheer ass luck I'll and injuries shit. and injuries. It was an injury. An injury did help, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it didn't. Uh, but let us have a look. By the way, we've already done um, a large part section of our spreadsheet. Yes. For this year, which are they is really watching good. this live or are they know? Uh, no, they're not. Okay. No. Yeah, so as usual, for those who have been with us for a f- uh, what, two two years now, we every preseason we pretty much do up um, a list. Uh, it's a spreadsheet, so you have the players, you have their average, their games, their time on ground, their kicking efficiency. Uh, also, how many games they have over one twenty, how many games they have below a hundred, so you kind of get a, an idea of their of their range. And uh, we released that for in the start of the preseason. Well, not start of the preseason. Sorry, just before season starts because we keep up-to-date analysis on the injuries, how they're tracking through the preseason. So any of the chatter. So usually every week in that preseason bracket, after that sort of, what, Christmas training period? Yeah, a bit more analysis. Well, anything that you sort of look at. So anything that pops up on the website, so it'll say this person's training really well or this person's doing this, this one's running PBs. It's really mainly for breakouts and for... Um, mid prices, obviously, yeah, mid price. And choosing breakups. premiums who are tracking well, who haven't had a crap preseason, because there's nothing worse than picking a guy thinking he's great, but he had double, you know, shoulder reconstruction. He only started training two weeks before the season proper. Yeah, you don't pick those guys. Oh, rookies as well, which yeah, we do. Uh, rec- perfect for draft and yeah. good for if you're tossing up between two premiums in standard, you go with the guy that with a better preseason. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, um, yeah, so uh, Hurley averaged 79.7 for the year. Oh, fuck, he's And horrible. Shaw averaged 82.6. Uh, both, both horrible. It was literally like... Oh, I can't say they that. They both that's, had horrible that's games. That's not PC yeah. at all. No. Uh, I was going to make a reference to a certain Olympics. Um, they, were, <laughs> they, were both, they were both horrible. Like, let's just put it that way. <laughs> they were both bad. Yeah, no, but um, I do uh, appreciate that. But I did, unfortunately, lose the Sam Pastrosi Seaton bet. So um, yes. we, we do have to now work out what our terms were for both of those. I can tell you now. Um, but Sam Petrovsky Seaton average 81.6 on the year. You know what's funny? He's actually 9.9 below what he needed to be for you. Or actually yeah, 10 points. 10. Well, and 91 and a half was the line. It's, uh, it was, you know, I'm going to blame the role change because he had two. <laughs> he had multiple. He had two during the season. Chris. So he was playing midfield heavily earlier in the year and then he got changed to playing forward and then he got changed to playing halfback which brought consistent scoring but not like high-end consistent scoring it was like 80s to 95s every week chris um, which you, is really unfortunate. you play with spuds you get fried <laughs> all right you get what you get i love i, I forgot about your lame ass jokes Mate, i'm actually they're still here i'm really impressed with them thank you very much yeah. Um, anyway, so we, we do have those. We'll, believe, um, we'll bring video. I believe um, Full Kit Wankered was the SPS. Could be. I don't, I, don't know. I don't know what the other bit was. I don't think we had much writing on this year. Uh, we usually just do a 50 or a, yeah, like a bottle have, of something. No, we haven't done that this year. Hmm. I can tell you that because I would know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be more heavily invested. Interesting. We, right. we were slack. We well, were slack. I know we made, we made that during the top 10 bet, so that would be fairly easy to find, wouldn't it? Anyway, uh, I think maybe... We, who knows? Uh, moving forward, 
Um, yeah, SBS, uh, Binger, sorry. Uh, sorry, Binger's in the chat. Binger, mate. By the way, shout out to Binger. Shout out to all of our fans that have jumped on this year. We have had a record year. Obviously, our second year is always going to be a record year. Yeah. Um, but it has been fantastic. So thank you very much to all of our loyal followers. Um, we started a completely different platform and changed the, the way up that we did absolutely everything. Well, it's funny you say it's a breakout, Chris, because I think of this more as the second year blues. Um <laughs> And not we still because, had a listener because, increase of, I think it's oh, no, 30%. I, I, I am with so. you. I am with you there. And that's not blues as in San Francisco City and blues. Um, mm. Let's talk about, though, awesome year. We've changed platform, as you said, and there's yep. benefits like anything. There's pros and cons to both things. And uh, we pretty much decided with some input from the kind folks out there that um, next year, I think, we'll change our structure. So let's look forward to 2020, the structure of our podcast First of all, this year, if you just came on, we've been doing the Twitch and we've doing the interaction with online and that's been really awesome and people value that. Last year, we just, it wasn't our faces, it was just straight up audio and we get together and we record. So it was pretty much like an hour or so of just straight up facts, us having bad jokes as usual, but bang, 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 this is what you want to know. Sometimes is, good jokes, it's not always bad jokes. This is what you, this is what you can listen to <laughs> on your drive to work, right? So what we're thinking then next year is that we will then have our straight up content where after the week, okay, game by game analysis, this is what's happening, this is the ra- the role changes, this person looks good for Supercoach, etc., etc. Yep. Bang, bang, bang. And then do maybe like a team reveal, perhaps where you do the interactive stuff where you have your questions and we can interact with your team and, and a bit more of the shit talk and whatever that we usually do, that can be in that side. So you get the content heavy, the banter driven, and then you get put those both together and we have the third year breakout year. I like it. And that's what I envision. And yep. I'll have more time because I'll have more money to throw into mugs and all sorts of stuff. It's going to be great. Yeah, and we'll get more into that at the end. Um, now, moving on to our next category. So, what we got wrong, which was a lot. but I didn't, I didn't even get to say what I got right, <laughs> you did, bastard. Uh, well, what did you think you got right? Uh, starting Dunkley, number one. Uh, starting five as well. I went to the five team. Oh, you're in your starting team? Yep. Yeah, I went five team midfield, uh, which was worked you out really well. Big. I went five big. So, I went... Um, I went five, but you went the four, fifth was You went four with Crouch. As your fifth yeah, big. Yeah, Crouch was five. Yeah. Mm, but considering you thought he was a... a Friend! Player, you thought he was top 10, but he oh. wasn't, so you're wrong. Right. Um, Bad idea. I thought the way I started went Zorko. well. I thought that I went early on enough rookies that I had to, and I kind of lucked out pretty well there. A couple things didn't go my way, but that's fine. But um, stayed fairly healthy, and I stayed made some pretty good decisions realistically. Like, a lot of my premiums didn't have bad injuries. Uh, so some guys I did definitely stay away from. I didn't pick Roy Laird over uh, Lloyd to start my year, which I was so close to doing. So I think that worked well for me there as well. And um, look, I finished 361, so a lot went my way, to be honest. Fair enough. And I, was, I respect that. <laughs> um, all right. So what we got wrong. Uh, the biggest one for me was that um, the way that scoring and how it all worked out. Yes, the kick-in takers obviously got a larger piece of that pie. But forward scoring went down dramatically. So the only forward that averaged anywhere, and it wasn't even a top 10, like forward was Jeremy Cameron. Outside of that, the only other two that probably retained forward status will be Isaac Heaney, maybe Michael Walters, and a very, 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 very slim chance that Patrick Dangerfield retains forward status. It's very slim. Uh, I think Danger from the... The same thing that the Whitfield's in. I think Danger, Dusty... If he started there and then rotates in. Yeah, no, that was based on their 
based yeah. on their and starting. You, know, you might get a Dusty there, but I don't think so. Based on last year, I don't think he played more forward this year than he did last year. I think it was the uh, he played more forward last year, so I don't think that Dusty gets a forward status. So um, it's going to make choosing forwards very, very hard. Heaney. But basically, what it meant that the only forwards that scored well, and a lot of forwards did, were Ruckman or midfielders or defenders. You even had Caleb Daniel in there who averaged just under a hundred. He was a defender in the forward line. So the top ten was made up of the only one that you could say was really a forward was Michael Walters and potentially Isaac Heaney who rounded out the ten. Outside of that, Hini was were, forward. Yeah, but that's what I mean. So, but he, and he's but he, he was inconsistent. Having said that, if he if it wasn't for his his ankle injury early in the year, do you reckon he still retains forward status? Probably not. He had a really good back end of the year. Can't blessings. I'm I'm Heaney's. I'm putting him in my side again next year. I, I probably will. I don't see him having a worse year than he had this year. Well, he still averaged ninety four. Yeah, uh, people like hate on Heaney. He's still he's averaged ninety four. What we said before the start of the season was. Um, you know, what's the worst case scenario with Heaney is still going to be top 10, right? Yeah. And he just managed to scrape into that top 10. So good on Isaac Heaney, but that, that was different. So um, also midfielders, we thought that there was going to be a drop out of the midfield scoring. That actually became more consistent. So a lot more midfielders actually bridged the gap and averaged over 110 this year as opposed to other years. But we did predict the... Because of the extra space in that midfield, the best ball users, the ones yeah. that look like they have time and space, like Pendlebury, it's no surprise that he actually was All-Australian. I know contentious for some because Trelaw likes to get 40 disposals and butcher half of them, but oh, that was a slide in there. Um, <laughs> but like you know, you look at the best ball users, so Bontepelli, it's no surprise he had a good year. McRae, who has, when he has time and space, Fife, just these guys that have... Even Pendlebury had a fantastic year. There's a very, very outside chance that Pendlebury polls really well in the Brownlow and gets some sympathy votes. Possibly. And uh, and I I don't think you're going to win, but he could go top three in the Brownlow this year. He's had a fantastic season. Sometimes umpires will look at Trelaw and go, oh, he got 40 touches, and Mm. they'll just give him votes. Um, They're not supposed to look at stats, though. Well, aren't they? Because sometimes I think... Umpires are just a bit clueless, to be honest. That's but. that's why people with um that's why Angus, they reckon Angus Brayshaw um scored so well last year because he, he had could, the helmet. He could on. be interesting next year. Well, it's going to be cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's that's pretty much what I got wrong. What do I what I noticed? So um the the biggest trend that I noticed this year particularly is that a leopard doesn't change its spots. So whatever person you get on, whether it was Jack Zebel who went on a heater, Luke Parker went on a heater, Ben Cunnington went on a heater, they can have purple patches, but they're not going to sustain it for the year. However, the biggest mistake that I made is underestimating young talent, getting the role and keeping the role. So Josh Dunkley and Marshall are prime examples of this. Yeah. Is underrating because just because they haven't done it before doesn't mean that they can as a young player. However... If you're a you're 25, 26, 28, and you've you've been in the system for X amount of time, you can have a purple patch, but there's no guarantee you're going to be able to hold that form. Even JPK had his purple patch, yeah. but he completely dropped out of it. Dropped at, off. Dropped off. And then came out with a big one. At the exactly end of, yeah. right. So the leopard doesn't change its spots. JPK is probably going to average maximum 105 ever in his career from now on. You know, Luke Park is a 105 averaging player. Sure, he's, he's hit 110 a couple of times, but it's very unlikely. Um, you know, Rowan Marshall, you know, he's got now 120 averaging potential for the rest of his career. Um, unfortunately, he's never going to be chosen in a Supercoach side as long as oh, Max Gordon. I, laugh. I laughed at someone who said they were going to start with 
Marshall next year <laughs> as a ruck only. And I'm like, so you're turning down no, Gorn, you're turning down Grundy. He's in, he's in, he's in competition of his own class yeah. now. So someone, someone will have sentimental value like a, um, Ben Ashton, and he'll probably be, he'll start, he'll start. <laughs> I reckon like two percent. That's true. Two percent owned. That's true. It'll be like the Marshall's milk. Um, yeah, no. So, uh, so I, I'm a big fan now of looking at that. Even Riley O'Brien, for example. Um, those guys, oh. are, the young guys that are going to take that role and they absolutely kill it when it's in there, jump on them if you can, because I, that's the one thing I didn't do this year that really, really impacted my year long term. So, um, Tim Kelly again as well. Like, you know, we didn't think that he would he, be fantastic. He, his first 12 rounds, absolutely sensational. He just died in the ass. He did he the di- same last year. He though. died in the ass more than he did last yeah. year, but he died in the ass. I don't see how he scrapes in for all Australian. He as a winger, he could win a brown. As round. a winger, nah, he'll he will be polling by the buy round. He'll be top two poll by the buys, and he will fall out of top five. Mm. Interesting, interesting perspective from a midfielder. I just don't, I don't he know. had a lot. He of, was he was uh, the he had a lot of big games, like thirty disposals, two goals, yeah, sort of. Still, he, Patrick Dangerfield dominating a match sort of games. The biggest know? surprises for the Australian for me were McGovern. I don't think had the best year. He holds his role, right? Mm. I know he's sent half back. Yeah, you could take intercepts. He's still the best you interceptor could... in the game. So what? He tries to hold off and I'd get his own free kicks. Oh, oh, oh. oh wow! No, not like that. <laughs> you just went. You just McGon there. Um, so him, Tim Kelly, for me on the wing. I think grow some balls, all Australian. Seriously, no specialist at all. So tall, Ben Brown. I can handle that. Hawkins, I'm with you. Uh, and Penelbury actually surprised me a little bit as well. I thought he did have a great year. Um, I'm so I would have gone Trelaw over Penelbury. I was surprised that personal Tra- I was surprised that Trelaw didn't get in um, over Penelbury. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I I didn't like Hearn in the side. Uh, I didn't like. I thought Hearn was in the side to be captain. Jack Darling in the side didn't make sense to me. He had a really great back end. I, I mean, he started off horrible. AFL teams have moved towards forwards. Like small forwards that you know that they've moved away from larger full forward types. So why do you have three in the on field starting side, especially when you've got two ruckmen in the team? Doesn't make any sense to me. That's I don't stupid. think Jack Darling deserved to be there. That's my personal opinion. Um, he had a great back end of the you're year. Big and on Darling, yeah, and I love Darling. I love him. I just don't think he was really deserved to be in there. I mean, um, Charlie Cameron was a fantastic selection. Yep. Um, I think that um, if Dugowie doesn't get injured, he's in the All Australian team. Yeah, I think if he's fair. not injured for six he weeks, he could actually be a, a good smoky for next year as well, uh, just for playing. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm with you though. And Buck, I think it was Buckley even shared something or posted something saying like, yeah, if you're picking the best cricketers, like the best eleven for the last you know ten years or something, you don't pick you know ten batsmen and a keeper. Like you know, you got to have the special the specialist roles. Well, the the thing with the big that big one was about wingers. Wingers is a very loose term now in today's football, but. Uh, because they do take a lot of part in stoppages as well. However, they're designed what they when what a traditional winger is is they're on the open side to spread the to spread the play. So that's what that's what the ringer's role really is is to get out in the open space and stretch the field. Um, and so if it's congested on one side, they'll be in the play though. So it, it's a little bit people don't understand necessarily that just because you're a winger doesn't mean you're you're playing on the ball or you're around the ball, even though you may be around the ball at times. So that's how they get away with it. That's why, oh, it's just, a, that's another midfielder. I'm like, no, it's not. If you knew much about, yeah, that's how they explain yeah. it to the public, but it's not true. Yeah, do, we even, do we even know the game? No. Um, however, 
I mean, you know, who's the best wingman in the, in, in the league right now? I mean, it's... Who knows? Well, I, it, I still that, think one of the best wingmen is... People think that, you know, like, people... I had a, a bit of a Twitter stash with someone saying, oh, Andrew Gaff is the best winger in the game. I'm like, Andrew Gaff's been playing inside for the last two years. Don't don't at me. I know. I, I, watch, I watch a lot of football. I, he plays a lot more inside now than he's played ever in his career. Two years ago, he was a completely outside winger player. Yeah. Now, he plays 70% inside and 30% on the wing. Like, he's not the best winger in the league. It's like saying Josh Kelly's the best winger. It's exactly the same. Yeah, he's not. It's, it's They don't play that it's role. funny. Did you see the uh, AFL champion... Was it championship stats or whatever it is? The the AFL team for... Oh, yeah. The champion... The, uh, Did the you see the wings? One. Did you see the wings? No, I didn't. I didn't look. Um, so, it was the champion data AFL team of the year or whatever it was. Uh, Robbo on one wing and McCluggage on the other. Oh, they had great seasons, didn't they? Great seasons, especially McCluggage. Like, Robbo. Oh, he's uh, coming up in our, in our little chat. You need something. Um, now, should oh, we take a little bit of a break to acknowledge our uh, lovely listeners? You should. Um, so, Tatum SNM, thank you for your support this year as well, mate. Besides Binger acting like an ex-girlfriend <laughs> with 50 messages in a row. He does look like an ex-girlfriend, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Oh, uh, at, at, at least she's a, a cricket fanatic. So, um, speaking of crazy girlfriends, so uh, he said SBS is a gun in real life. Absolutely, he is one of the um, one of the reasons why moving forward, I'm much more confident with Carlton's backline. The transition back into him as a user of halfback was has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I look forward to watching him in the next few years. Um, so, Binger said. Uh, I'm uh, looking forward to 2020. Yep, excellent. And he said, Toby Green, I would not touch Toby Green ever again in Supercoach, ever. First of all, for two, look, he's not going to be cheap. He averaged 93 as a forward. He's going to be one of the most expensive forwards of the year. He, his back end, he played mostly midfield. Yeah, that's, that which was going to be... inflated his average. That was going to be my point, is that um, you have the natural development plus injury people coming back into the side. He won't be playing... No. Nah. Pure midfield. There's no like, way. He'll pinch his, it. His back end resembled one of his earlier years where he came straight into that mm-hmm. and he played pure midfield and then they pushed him forward. Yep. He'll be forward again. Guaranteed. And He'll be the roller coaster you've also- that you've come to love and expect. And 5% or more, I expect probably even up to 7% are going to start with this full. Oh, no, nah, more. You reckon? Uh, he's going to... After his back end year, pre-season, 10%? Pre-season 110s. You wait for it, mate. When, <laughs> what, what do you with, think? With 10... no Josh Kelly starting because he's never going to play a preseason. 10% or over. Which one? <laughs> I reckon over 10%. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take under. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so he's also going to be injured. So remember that before you uh, lock uh, Toby Green into your side. I, I'm just I'm very against Toby Green. Oh, that just sends shivers down my spine. Uh, watch out for Tom DeConing, um, especially with Cruiser being made out of glass. Absolutely, he's made out of glass. Yes, that will be an interesting development. Um, TL73, um, he said, you pick Callus as an all-rounder. Uh, Gilly is a keeper. Warren McGrath. Uh, then your batsmen and bowlers. <laughs> that's that's a fairly valid point. That is a valid point. How good was watching cricket in like late nineties, early two thousands? Uh, I watched much more cricket back then than oh, I do now. Dude, I watched. I knew about cricket back then. Now I'm like, oh, cricket. That's boring. Oh, I don't now, have time now, for this. Seriously, now I'm sitting there, and it's worse that my missus' mum's a pom, so she keeps messaging me the updates in the morning before I get up. Oh, really? Yeah, seriously. Anyway. It's just... Oh. Did you happen to uh, get that message when they had a, a massive collapse? <laughs> I, was, I, I woke up and I went... <laughs> I said... Here's the funny part, was. Here's the funny part. We scored like 170. She's like, ha! Huh. Like, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Anyway, then the next day, I sent her a message. I was just like, 
So, uh, how about the lowest score you've had since like 1948 Dude. or whatever it was? Oh, that so was good. insane to wake up to that. Uh, yeah. It would have seen this is the problem with test cricket, like of any sort of cricket, right? Those sort of moments, I would have loved to have watched that live. However, the amount of time that I've got to watch a game to get to some sort of moment like that. Like, I'm just... It doesn't add up. It's not It's not cricket. Speaking of dilemmas, Chris, I woke up that morning with a boner. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't work out... <laughs> I couldn't work out if it was the news of the cricket that was getting me so aroused or, or whether it was just the... It could have been a swift breeze, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> whether it was just the morning phenomenon. <laughs> you know? Just being a man. It's been either either. It's the um, same thing. <laughs> that's the weird part. <laughs> Such weird feelings for the Ashes cricket. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to our podcast for those listening. <laughs> you know what? We can say shit like this because it's our last one for the it year. It is. Um, he also says, "I hope Draper gets a run next year." So do I. Oh, one thing is going to be fantastic next year: R threes. So ruck threes. <laughs> you've got um, Draper. Um, you've got Kieran Briggs at GWS. I think he'll start getting a run. Mate, it's Draper's time. He's been hiding behind the curtains for far too long. <laughs> True. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, there's quite a few, there's three or four, um, rookie rucks that should start getting a run next year. Um, a lot of them are retiring. So, um, I, I think that the traditional, you know, um, ruck three loophole might be a goner next year based on that. Or the other option I can see coming into play is because I think midfields are going to be so expensive next year, they might do, um, rookie two and three depending on, you know, what's happening round one. So it could be a very much a Grundy and then R2, R3 and not having a Gord or a Goldie in um, in the second ruck spot. So uh, I think it would be a very, very interesting preseason for the ruck situation. But those Where that's that's really the only two options. You're not going to get Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't help oh, myself. Not unless um, you lost a bet, surely. Uh, Bingo also says, my team name is St. Carol FC. Take a look at my team. Uh, we will at the end, mate. But definitely. Which, which team is this? Is this a team that's already finished? or is this- And TL73 said, yeah, Ruck loophole is a goner. Uh, forward yeah. pocket loophole. Yeah. Uh, no, I actually think um, it'll be M11, is it? Yeah, your last mid spot will be a forward mid swing um, to allow the transition between forward and back and uh, will be your uh, especially early loop. What happens during the season is you end up having loops yeah. all around. How many times do you start with a loophole and by round five you have six loopholes anyway? Yeah, exactly right. Um, all right. So yep. move, moving on. So early thirds on 2020. So I, as I, as I just mentioned, early thirds, uh, early, early thirds, early thoughts, <laughs> Fucking hell. midfield is going to be ridiculously expensive. Now I can't see anyone starting without this exact midfield. And if you do, then fantastic. But everyone is going to have Dunkley, McRae, Fife, Cripps, Danger, and Titch. That is six very expensive midfielders. And outside of that, it, it takes a drop. So the, the next guys are a run below. Uh, and you're looking at guys like... Um, oh, see, I disagree. You're looking at guys like... Hold on, hold on. Neil, Bont, Trelaw, and Oliver. So Neil had a fantastic year. Can he back it up? No, don't know. Um, Bont had a fantastic year. Can he back it up? Don't know. Trelaw, he showed that his ceiling is pretty much, what, 110 to 115. Um, and Oliver, he's just going to be what a one ten to one fifteen player as well. I'm going. I'm going Oliver next year. Well, I, I mean, tell, I can tell it, you now, and it could work. But the other guys, Dangerfield, he'll be forward. Well, well, if he's fantastic, that does sound. Otherwise, so but but is he going to average less than one fifteen? Yeah, maybe. <sighs> Good luck. Cripps not going to average less than one fifteen. No, Cripps, you'd lock in. Fife not going to average less than one fifteen. McRae not going to average less than one twenty. Dunkley 
What's he going to do? 120? 130? Well, uh, here's he a could funny, be the number here's one Here's the funny part, year. though. Dunkley's first six rounds, he played forward. So if you I bring, know. If you bring in... The, he averaged 130 for the rest of the year or something. So No, no. But you think about it. One's going to be cheaper. A si- six games is a quarter of the season, essentially. If you say 24 rounds, a quarter of the season. And they only play 22 with the buy, so 23. So essentially, that's already more than 25%. He already yeah. has more than 25% forward eligibility, which means that he only had to uh, rest... He didn't play forward the entire time, though. But even then... Most of it. No. Nah, he had to then rest. He's not going to be... No way. I reckon he might. No. Nah, I doubt. I really doubt that he play, He gets mid forward status next year. He would need a miracle, but, you know. No, nah, I don't think that's going to be happens. And then, of course, you've got Titch. People aren't going to yeah. start with that. Titch is going to be 560K. You're going you're gonna to have Titch. I am. What that means is that if you're going to play all six of those guys, there's going to be no money. Literally going to be no money. So, you've also got to remember... Who's got, the fallen premiums? No one. Uh, well, there's Who? some that we can look at. Who? I don't think not it's going to be... Not much fallen. Pre- no. no, not fallen premiums. No. no. So, you've got Gordon... Gordon uh, Ward? Maybe he's the only one. Yeah, but why would you start with Ward? No, exactly. He's, never, he's not going to be averaging one. Is this 1995? Yeah. <laughs> um, you've got Gordon Grundy, of course. So, that's that's another huge chunk of your cash. So, really, it's going to be your defenders and your forwards. You need to try and make up money. So, you've got Doherty... Obviously, I think most people will start with Doherty. I think I'll avoid him. Two ACLs, I'm I'm done. I'm gonna. I'll start with him. I will start with him. I think he's gonna be under five hundred thousand for a guy that can average you one ten. I'll take that every day of the week. He can't even do the hokey pokey. I'm not starting him. And he's gonna turn around. And Carlton's gonna be improving as well. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll start him definitely. I like, I like but that. Outside of that, Lloyd Lloyd's back end of last year was a bit questionable, mm. um, because Jordan Dawson really took a lot of his possessions out of the back half. So he didn't average as well on the back end. So he's going to probably be a little bit overpriced moving into next year. You got Zach Williams, who I think could improve even further. Um, still very young, so I wouldn't count that out as long as he plays behind the ball. Um, and then you've got a, a, a splattering of maybes. Um, we had yeah, it's Dan be Houston hard. thrown up by JB today um, as someone who averaged I think 105 in the last few. Why when is he was JB eat, eating Houston? <laughs> he threw up. I see what you did there. Um, he's playing, so you can look for those. In those, those are all about people have role changes. Jordan Dawson, if he plays midfield instead of um, defence, I could see him really breaking out. So it's really going to depend, and you're going to really want value in those defensive and forward positions. Forward, hopefully, Lockie Whitfield. If we can get a Lockie That'd Whitfield at forward, um, Whitfield and- Heaney. Yeah, it'd be a good start. I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't know if I can start Walters. But he played Walters and Heaney both played twenty two games last year, so they they've sort of turned a corner in terms of reliability. But then the forward line is completely open. We're, again, in the forward line, we're looking for people who roll changes. So people play midfielders, but they're playing as midfield, but they're listed as a forward. Um, or I think for me, defense. Heaney is the biggest lock. In my side, I think, for next year. And the reason being, no, no, because he was able to play through adversity. You look at how many guys they take a week off like they're piss poor. Oh, yeah, right? he did. Do you know I mean? Yeah, he played through ankle injuries. He played through a lot. It's going to take a bit for Heaney to actually not get a game, right? I can't see him getting worse than he is now. I actually think that the midfield rotations, you look oh, at... Oh, no, I don't think it's going to be worse. Going, no, and I think a few people are going out of that Sydney side of people that have... They threw into that midfield mix. They were sh- crying mm. for a forward. Franklin back in, Reed there. They're Ooh, also talking Franklin, about... yeah, 320K. Dan- Danaher possibly getting into that forward line mix. Well, Danaher's going to be super cheap. Yeah, no. He averaged less than what he did last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
The only, the only good thing he's ever done is take a mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how. Next year, next year it's not fan vote. Don't know. By oh, the way, oh, no, mark no, no. of the year. Don't know how. I, how took mark of the year two weeks ago, and no one's talking about it because in the same round, it wasn't. It even... was that um, Geelong mark. Yeah, McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy, and yeah, look, shat all over it. <laughs> it was average at best. He got. A, he just barely jumped over a jam tin. He basically put his legs in front <laughs> of someone and went and fell backwards and no, was no, like, no. "Oh, the ball's coming to no, me!" Excuse me. He gave him a little <laughs> trap rub. And then he launched himself it's backwards. It's literally a push in the he back. He launched himself backwards and was parallel. He was like this. and he Literally, went- Jeremy Howe takes a screamer over Brody Grundy, the tallest man on the field, and no one bats an eyelid. I couldn't believe it. It was absolute... Oh, man. He's well, never... if you take marks over your teammates, you don't deserve points. <laughs> <laughs> Not Put forget, poster, Lincoln, Lincoln McCarthy kicked the goal. So it's either mark of the year or goal of the year. You it's choose. True. You choose. Um, now, in terms of looking at midfield breakouts, Darcy Parrish, I think, had a fantastic back end. Every game that he's played in midfield, he looks more and more impressive every time I see it. So I, I've I got hope- him in keeper. Chris, I'll sell you for... Um, well, the problem is him is facing is Devin Smith will will come back next year, take up more midfield time. Nah. So what's his he, role like? Devin be- Smith, he was not even that much in midfield anyway this year. No, he was Zaha playing Rux- more yeah. will get pushed out. That's Hopefully. just going to happen. Maybe Heppel gets Heppel, plays more forward. Who yeah, knows? with his crappy calves. Maybe he'll just go play in the pocket. Um, Ed Langdon. I think he's an absolute ball magnet. If he gets a trade somewhere, which Melbourne. I think he will come They're back to talking Melbourne. Melbourne. Um, they could use him. Maybe Brayshaw can actually then <laughs> <laughs> maybe do something. You know? He's an accumulator. And Show if he gets the right fun. role, he can really impact Supercoach. Um, I don't know who, but I, someone's out there is going to take a punt on Sam Walsh. I mean, what an outstanding first season. Anything can happen with Sam Walsh. He could average 110 next year, and I wouldn't be surprised. No, that's true. Um, and the other ones, so I, I really like George Hewitt. Um, I like Jared yeah, Berry. you said that earlier, Hewitt. Yep. But my number one, Bad absolutely, kid. Hugh McCluggage next year is going to go gangbusters. If you look at his averages over the last four, three years, I three think, years. three years, Third year this he's year. just gone bang, 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 and next year it's just going to explode. His average over the last eight was 99. He is the quintessential uh, super coach player on that trajectory that's just going to go over the charts. For me, so he's like, I love it. He's like the young Pendlebury. Oh, yeah. Like, just with sil- the ball, silky, he's amazing. Sm- silky smooth. Yeah. yeah. Like a, Great I'd- goal sense. Can rack up the pill. Uh, good tackling. Good evasion. Um, yeah. Good looking. <laughs> There's nothing really about him that I don't like. So. He's a good player. I want him. Um, the So, what we're really looking is, uh, like, for, for a Tim Kelly type, though. So, someone who's just going to blow us out of the park uh, in a forward line or, or defense, um, who's playing a different role, who will be cheap enough that you can plug in there. That's really what the preseason is yep. about. That's definitely what we'll be looking for, particularly in the forward line and defense, because that's, as you said, our, our midfield is going to be absolutely locked up and loaded with absolutely. dollars and our rucks as well, which kind of makes it, unless like a Clark from Sydney gets put somewhere else, like a, you know, I don't even know, somewhere else like a GWS and they're saying Mumford's retiring, whatever, Dawson's gone. Clark's now going from Sydney to oh no, um, Cameron's going from Sydney to right. GWS, and he is our number one ruck, kind of like a Nankervis did a couple of years ago. Yes, that would be the only thing that would actually make you consider changing your structure. Absolutely. In the ruck. Um, so, which, which might give you enough dollars to be a little bit more flexible with your team. But there is going to be not much money to go around next season. I'm looking at this. uh, Because of the way that the scoring has changed this year, it's really impacted the the 
dis- dispersion of funds, I'd like to say. Um, so yeah, forwards aren't going to, I can't right now, I can't see the forwards and a go to average 110 like they did this year. Like where's the Josh Dunkley who's going to break out with 110 because he's playing pure midfield or, or the Rowan Marshall who comes out of freaking nowhere. Yeah, but we say that, but usually they kind of pop up anyway. Which yeah. is why you wouldn't start, start with them. a real shallow forward and defense. Yeah. Go with what you know. What you know is those six midfielders, they're going to be in the yeah. top 10, right? Even Dunkley was speculation, and the only reason I brought him in was for the back end of his year. Mm. And I said, if he plays in this role, he could be one of the ones that hurts you if you don't have him. And that's the only reason I started with him. It was a big gamble, Absolutely. huge gamble. And we spoke about it. it's a big gamble because if he has the crap role, he's averaging 80, if that, and you're missing out on someone else. True. Um, now, on to uh, almost while we're talking about predictions. Yes. Uh, finals predictions. So, uh, let's go through the tips, shall we? Week one, what do you think? What are you tipping this week, mate? Huh. Uh, okay. So, oh, well, actually, I'm in a tiebreaker for our. Um, I, oh, so you can't reveal it? I can Ooh. reveal it. I don't care. I'm revealing it. Uh, okay. So, People I want have, to go against me anyway. Um, West Coast beating Essendon. I have in the wet, I have Geelong beating the Pies because I think it's meant to piss down there. Mm-hmm. I actually have Richmond over the Lions and I have. Um, GWS losing to the Bulldogs. Okay, I'm slightly different, um, but I'm actually going the Pies over the um, over Geelong. I think one of our biggest downfalls in the wet in previous years has been uh, Mason Cox, and I don't is not not playing him. Not playing is actually really good for us. We still need to create a contest. I think Ben Reed will come in um, to that role to play to free up um, Roughhead to play on Hawkins. Which is, I think, really a really important matchup for us to try and nullify him. But I think around the ground, we've got so much more experience, especially with what's coming back into our forward mix. I think Varco still plays, moves to the halfback flank, and plays on a Dale House. I think Braden Maynard goes to an Ablett to shut him out. I think Greenwood tags Pen- uh, Dangerfield everywhere he goes. So he's playing full forward, he's tagging him there. If he's playing in the midfield, he's tagging him there. Um, and then you've just got the best, in my opinion, I, st- I still think their midfield's better. Mainly because of Brody Grundy. Oh, I thought you meant Geelong. No. <laughs> um, so I think Pies win. Um, I've got Richmond as well winning. Um, I do have GWS actually be- being the Bulldogs. I just think that they've just got they've just got the talent. If GWS want to show up and want to play, they'll win. I just saw, the rest, I saw the rest of your bias prediction. Uh, it is a slightly biased prediction. It's very biased. And then at I've least got, I'm like neutral no, realistic. No, but I've got, I've got, I've got at expectations. At least I'm neutral realistic. Um, and then I've got West Coast, of course, beating Essendon. I don't think I don't give Essendon much chance. Not over there. Zero. I, got, I don't give him much. They could do it. And look, but then they the, the, the Essendon that we see this week might not be the Essendon we see next week. That's just how yeah, Essendon are. They might be missing a coach. Um, week two. So based on my predictions, I've got Geelong win, losing the first week and then winning the second round against uh, West Coast over in, in at Cadinia Park, that would likely be. And then I do have Brisbane winning against... Uh, it'll GWS. be GWS. Yes. yes. And I have West Coast... Beating the Pies. Yep. Uh, oh, so you think Pies are out in straight sets? Uh, well, it's one of them. I reckon one of the teams is out in straight sets. This is the least, I'll be honest, after this week, this is the least injuries we've had all year. Okay, well, that's pretty good then. really swings things. Look, I'm just making this up as I go, Chris. Oh, fair um, here's the thing, though, with, with Richmond, and, and this is the only reason I'm actually picking Richmond over the Lions, 
the thing that is in our favor, A, we're at home. B, it's been a hot week. Like today was like even when uh, it's going to be a scorcher on this weekend, Thursday, Friday. They reckon it's going to be huge, and it's been crazy. like nearly thirty or over thirty. It's been like hot as fuck. So when people Richmond's trying to train during the day or whatever they're doing, it's going to be hot. It is hot up here. It's going to take it's out much more. If Hawkins and Ben Brown can get a bit of mild heat stroke because they're absolutely albino, then imagine I have the only no person pigments. the only person that has acclimatation no, being acclimatized. No. Uh, Tom Lynch has been up on the Gold Coast for a bit previously. I think the weather, I think the location is going to be in our favour. It's going to be hot. It's not going to be wet, so Richmond would be definitely the better wet weather side. But for me, the finals favourites, for me, the the grand final favourite to win this year was Richmond and West Coast, based off two weeks before. Their form. When they played each other, they both showed glimpses of absolute just... Magic and determination and good quality football. That was the probably one of the best rounds of the match, like for the for the year for me. Mm-hmm. And the fact that then West Coast lost to Hawks means that they're kind of now down on my list as far as winability. Yep. But they're a threat. They are definitely a smoky. Uh, Pies and Geelong for me are the vulnerable ones because even though they are very good and they could win, but they need to bring a consistent patch that they haven't actually been able to do for a little while. That's why they're on shaky grounds. And for me, as a Brisbane fan, I, I wish we win. I really hope. I hope we win, but I am not that confident that I'm going to be cocky like some Richmond Which Whichever way it works out, I just really hope that at some point, Colin will get to travel to the, G- to the Gabba to play a fin- elimination final against you guys. Because then we're guaranteed to get into the final. <laughs> so that's the thing with people being cocky, like Richmond saying they're going to come up here and smash us. I'm like, mate, the game hasn't even happened yet. And the one thing about Brisbane supporters is... well, They the don't one, rock up the most one, of the time. Excuse me. The ones that should be actual line supporters, not the bandwagoners, is that oh, yeah, yeah. we are cautiously optimistic. We are not cocky. But if we win, we will be like, suck Din, big time, because those that are being cocky deserve to lose. I actually have a friend of mine. Uh, you might know him. You know, Tony? Never, ever. as I don't even think he likes or watches AFL, but he now irks up because Brisbane are winning. I hate him. <laughs> Already. Like, he's got a bandwagon, a cap on. He's like, oh, but oh, Brisbane are going all right, eh? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, who are me. you you don't know my pain oh, the bandwagon you left a while know, ago man. you don't know my pain <laughs> who are you yeah what have you resurfaced from 2003 who are you <laughs> exactly right what are you in a submarine oh, mate anyway so I do have um, the Pies and Geelong be in the final with um, with Collingwood deep diver yeah right yeah. I actually have no idea for this year oh good it, it's really that top five for me even the Bulldogs could smoke in I'm a bit overhearing oh like you know the dogs have won it from worse odds I can't see Bailey Dale going up against a decent defense and actually doing anything good. Well, I mean, but, the dogs lost the lines up here, so they could lose anywhere. Look, look dogs are. Dog, I'm not saying that they can't. I'm just saying that if they are, they, they've already hit a run of form in the last five or six weeks. It's hard to that's keep. Unbelievable. It's hard to keep that run to of be, form going. Yeah. And and to be fair, they're going to. They be, deserve it if they do. I'll tell you what, Jesus. Well, the dogs are going to be unders for most of the rounds. So they're yep. going to be underdogs. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Uh, Brownlow prediction. Who's winning the Brownlow? I've put you on the spot here, haven't I? You have. Should I lead off? And then yeah, you, can you, say go, you, you go and I'll, I'll disprove your theory. All right. I honestly think it's probably going to be one of the closest Brownlow medal counts. 
I think, in the history of the Brownlow medal. There might be five or six guys that are all going to be within one game of each other when it comes to the last um, the last game. I think Brody Grundy takes it. And I think that it's going to be mainly because there's two things, two reasons going for him. Ruckman never usually win it, but the outpour from the media this year towards Brody Grundy and the um, the amount of votes he got last year, he still got 18 votes or, or similar last year as a Ruckman. So I think he, he finally got noticed last year and usually it takes one year, again, of, of really getting votes before you start attributing the interest of the umpires. So I do like Brody Grundy's chances. He's had fantastic, a lot of three-vote games, big, big winning games, games where he's had 30 disposals, 40 hitouts, kicked a goal, 10 tackles. You know, like he's just been the ultimate midfielder and then dominating in the ruck as well. So I really like Brody Grundy's chances. My smoky is Josh Dunkley, the one that could come from left field who got a lot of three-vote games um, under his belt. He really, really could turn a corner. Unfortunately, he's in a position where he also has Bontempelli, who's a, another favorite, and Jack McRae, who could also really poll quite well and polled quite well last year with similar numbers. So yeah, um, it, I think it would be really hard for a Bulldogs player to win it based on their midfield dynamic. That's fair. Uh, I, I think I think Lockie Neal is actually right up there as far as if you look at how many games the Lions won this year... They were second, in case you missed it. Um, was it really? And even that, even the but game didn't that they, they play lost... like Gold Coast twice and GWS twice? Yeah. Like Carlton twice. Oh, no. And like I, I'm... Melbourne twice. I don't know. They played like a lot of shit teams twice. Yeah. Same as Collingwood did the year they, like, oh, no, you lost. That's right. <laughs> oh, you see what happened there? Uh, you see I what saw... happened there? Um, I saw. I've, yeah, you know what's uh, great I... about the finals? Every every time I put on Fox footy, there's another, oh, it's the finals. And then what do they think they end the ad with? Dom Sheed's fucking goal. You know, Every fucking ad has Dom Sheed's goal in it. I'm so sick. I could not be more sick of seeing that goal. Oh. The best part about finals is you don't get interrupted by the person next to you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, can I have another beverage? Yeah, Cheers, no worries. There you go. Help yourself. Oh, watch out, mate. Um... I don't even know what I was going to say now, Chris, to be honest. Um, Lockie Neal, you're pumping up Lockie Neal. I just think he's definitely a good chance. He started off really strong. He tapered off, yes. Um, That last game, though, where we lost, he still racked up a lot of ball. That could actually be the swinger. We won that many games that I see him polling at least one or two votes. He should get three votes in that 51, even in that Richmond game. But even then, I think he's still getting one or two votes along the way because we won quite a few games. Uh, whereas you look at the rest of our side, yeah, Charlie Cameron might pick up a three votes and whatever here and there for the games he dominated. Uh, but you look at, say, a Geelong, you have like a Dangerfield, you have a Tim Kelly, you have uh, an Ablett or a Selwood. There were games, though, that where, let's say, for example, Lockie Neal might get, say, 25 to 30 disposals and it didn't really have the big impact that he would usually do. And then McCluggage kicked two goals and had 30. Yeah. You know, so there are guys in the team. Oh, yeah. Jared but- Lyons had a... Awesome back huge here, run. But you might find a Neil you know? getting a one point. I do I do expect I think early Lockie Neil's gonna jump out. Tim big Kelly time. Tim Kelly and, and Tim Kelly and Neil for me at the halfway point are probably ahead. Yep. Then your danger fields creep up, your dunkleys start to creep Even up. Even Boke, I think, your might Crips, be good early. I think Crips will actually be a smoky This is what I mean. There's there's yeah, arguably five or six guys that are potentially all very, very big chances to win the Brandlow Medal. Crips Imagine if Adam Trelaw turns out with the Brandlow Medal. It's possible. He played every every game. He played every game. Um, he he averaged the most close. disposals of anyone this year ever. Yeah. He had the, like I think he averaged James Harden numbers, like thirty five disposals. 
Like, yeah. you know, it's insane. Like, you know, Cripps will be well, except he missed out on, what, two, three three games? So that'll, yeah. that'll hurt him. I think he'll come close, but I think that'll hurt him. Um, so, look, for me, I'm just going to say... Uh, it's tough, isn't it? It's a real yeah, tough one. Even, even Nathaniel Fife could do well. Dangerfield. Well, I think Fife will do really well. Fife, Dangerfield, Cripps. McRae's going to pull well. Dunkley will come in. Yep. Neil. So many. It's going to be... And Grundy as well. It's, I, I don't even want to predict it. It's going to be nuts. I I am actually really keen to see this year's. I am, yeah. And I will watch. I, this With bait of breath. I will love it. I love the brand though. But I did like pressure point. Pressure point. Much better. But, you know... It's- <laughs> Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Dude, every time um, I'm on YouTube and I'm, uh, I, I show, I, once I showed Ash, the, um, you know, I'm like, oh, this is why he got fired from Carlton and then she lost the shit. She fucking hilarious. Never seen anything like that before. Oh, man. The, the humor from footy's gone, isn't it? Um, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like a little tracing back through memory lane kind of thing. So this is why he got fired from Dude, literally. Yeah. This is why... This, ba- is, this, is, why, um, this is why Brisbane literally sucked for 10 years. Pressure point! Pressure point! Pressure. This, this is why Barry Hall got fired from the radio station. Let's just go through memory lane. <laughs> oh, wow. That's crazy. Um, anyway. anyway, so player of the final series, um, you know, I predicted the Pies to win it. So, uh, and then again, my prediction is based on, you know, they had the loss last year. So I think they're going to be spurned this year. Uh, Jordan Dugowie, I think will be the most important player in the final series. And if he gets, I'm hoping they play him a lot more midfield. He's had enough time off this, this season. He's thrown in there at times and patches during games. But with Jamie Elliott back to form, Josh Thomas kicking goals again, you've Will Hoskin Elliott up there, Jaden Stevenson back, you don't really need him at full forward like you do most of the game. You want him around the ball. Get him. He's a bull. He's absolutely fantastic at the clearances. So I would, if he gets a you know 60 40 split, um, more midfield time than forward time, I think he can really be the player of the finals. Uh, Dustin Martin. Yep. Uh, basically, he's. Hasn't he can a, turn it on, right? He hasn't had a great year, but I think he's been working towards this point do you know, throughout the whole year. Do you know we both chose two players that are very, very similar? The way they play I'm is sorry, almost Dustin, identical. Dustin Martin's a premiership player. <laughs> <laughs> and an awesome medalist. And a Brownlow medalist. Yeah, well. and an Australian. No, I said they play very similar roles. I thought you said they're very similar. No, they are very similar. Like, Anyway, I know the reason being is I think he can uh, turn it on. I think he's built this whole year to this point, and he has, like a Cam Rayner, the ability to turn it on and win a game off his own boot. That's true. Um, Now, before we get out of your hair, guys, uh, and we're we are almost wrapped up. We will go through the uh, Twitch chat in a in a couple seconds. Congratulations to all of the guys who won all of our leagues, guys and girls, guys and, and gals. Um, I didn't win any. Did you win any of our leagues? Yeah. And then you're in. Oh, so uh, 001. Oh. I beat Stonesy in 001. So, um, but none of the division titles, did you? No, no. Division uh, one, I. Unlucky. I lost that one. I got knocked out, I think, by Ross or someone else earlier. But I did finish, I think, third overall in our group. League. Excellent. So, there are some prizes for those guys who did win our division leagues. Um, and how our divisions work, of course, is that the top six will be promoted to the uh, next uh, division. So, if you are in division one, Fantastic. Um, the, the person who won that, you know, they stay in Division well, 1. Great. Chris, hypothetically speaking, what happens if you finished 13th in Div 1? Uh, hypothetically, that person who also could run the page could do whatever he wants. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> uh, I, I finished 13th by 0.1 of a percent. So I will get relegated to Division 2 next year. Assuming that someone from Div 2 doesn't... Someone from Div 1 or dump, someone from Div 1 could not... 
and you could, you could keep your spot. In which case, I'm just... Mate. Oh, well, okay. Happy days. <laughs> um, so in the group for this year, I finished third behind the best 22, Matthew, and Pizza Safety in David. Congratulations, um, guys. So that's for the whole year group. Well done. Um, so all of our winners will receive a prize pack, and we've got um, our coffee mugs. And Stubby Coolers coming out to those guys. Yep. So um, if you did win, please do hit us up through um, either Twitter or Facebook. on Facebook. Yeah. And let, let yourselves be known. We're not chasing you up. This isn't child services. Yeah. So, yeah, just uh, inst- uh, you know, follow us up with an inbox um, and we'll be able to send it out directly to your place. Yeah. And uh, congratulations. They are awesome, by the way. I just did the edits on the proof yesterday. Oh, sweet. I they haven't seen fantastic. it. fantastic. So, yep. Hit our box and we will fill your box with uh, some good <laughs> stuff. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much to everyone that participated. Um, and congratulations to those guys who won. You know, double, well, 001, for example, whoever was second in the final, they will have to be promoted to um, the, the the Division 4 as well. Oh, correct. Yeah, so that's how that'll work. Oh, because I already won. Right, exactly okay. right. So already Stonesy, in the league. So Stonesy might actually oh, get he's a, already a in there too. Okay. Who's third? Well, I don't know. He's <laughs> on fourth. Chris can work that out. Um, all right. Now, thank you to the guys in the chat. Let's just go back a little bit. Um... So, champagne batting at three. Uh, what? Yeah. They're still talking uh, about yes. cricket. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Being a Carol said, Billings, question mark. No, he will be pure midfield next year. There's no way he's retaining forward status. Really? Yeah, there's no it's way. It's going to be interesting. Played, he played wing all year. He was one of the best wingers of the season. True. He did not play forward enough forward time, in my opinion, but it'll be surprising. Um, Because all Sydney players are 85 years old, Heaney should finally get a run through the midfield. Oh well, JPK is still He's, young. They he resigned nah, J- him. JPK is old, but uh, Parker's still young enough. JPK and Parker need to go so that Hewitt and, and Heaney can start averaging well. Uh, all right, Danaher mark of the year was the best mark that year. Who are you? <laughs> Who's this binger? Nah, TL seventy three. Thank, thanks, mate. Parish uh, Parish never should have been uh, out of the side. Agreed. Um, I push Heppel to the back flank. Yeah, he can definitely play there. Um, Binger says, did you know McCluggage used to play cricket before footy? Yeah, did you also know that Pendlebury used to play basketball? Have you heard that? This- <laughs> I think I've heard that before. <laughs> Have you heard that this week? Yeah. Congratulations to Scotty Pendlebury, by the way. 300 games. Absolute champ. Um, yeah, playing at a home venue. <laughs> Stupid, eh? I, I, okay, I do have an opinion on this. So I want to share it because I, I have a soapbox and I'm, I'm allowed to use it. Um, if Geelong really want to play um, at, at, at home, I'm fine with that. But play all your games at home. Stop selling your games to the MCG because they play at least two big marquee games a year at the G. For one money. Of, yeah, for money. For one money. of them's against the Hawks on um, Easter Monday, Monday. And one of them's against the Pies during the year. So if you if you don't want to be money hungry and you just want to be at home, invest the money that you do have in creating a bigger stadium so that you can fit more of your fans in there, and then they'll travel to you. Don't otherwise don't complain. Stop stop complaining when you sell your soul. One of the one of the bitch. one of the best articles I found was um, had a comparing about how West Coast had to actually play because the MCG had to have a game. Or was yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So one game had to be in Melbourne and if all the other teams were in the state, then the lowest team would have to then have a home game, like a home game at the MCG. Yeah. And West Coast got flogged, I think, twice by that format. Brisbane had to travel once as well um, down there for that. And Scott was a part of that team that had to travel and have a home game in if Melbourne. If I was Brad Scott, is it Brad Scott or Chris Scott? It's Chris Scott, sorry. If I was Chris, Chris Scott. Scott, I would also complain about it. But 
it's not his call. It's the it's his CEO of of Geelong that that makes those those calls about revenue. Yeah, the guy he that has a real the win. guy that has a real impact around the club. Yeah, yeah, he just wants to win. So I can see why from his point of view he wants yeah. to push that, and I can see why from a fan's point of view they want to push that. Take you, but, a, a it's a they, they get the money though, right? A business they, they, get, they get more the money. Well, no, all the money. It's their home game. Yeah. So take it, take it. And if you can't win at the MCG, you don't deserve to play there anyway. A hundred percent. It's not like you're Brisbane agree. going they, and They're going to make MCG. millions more. Like it's not like it's, pocket it's, change. It's it's big it's money. Not, it's not cheap, mind you. If Brisbane win, and it's, it's fixed across the whole league, I'm pretty sure. Brisbane win this week, they have the week off, and then it's like a hundred and eighty-seven dollars for a standard seat. Excellent. I'm going. Because Collingwood are going to flog me. I can't afford that stuff. I need I need like an obscured view for like sixty bucks or seventy bucks, mate. I'll sit behind the um the interchange bench. There yeah. is actually an obscured I'll, view. I'll, to I'll get put there. the goggles between the the rows. I need something. I respect that. Anyway, Swiss, if you're out there, hit us up this weekend. Um yeah oh um uh, we've got a, a one of our followers of our uh, awesome podcast and um you might have heard of him. Swizzy Taylor is flying up for the Richmond game this week. So we're hoping to uh, catch up before, yeah. have some pre-drinks. That's a long I'm not going to the game, but hopefully I can get it's out. It's a long that. way to fly for disappointment. <laughs> You're starting it, starting the sledging early. I see. I respect that. Um. Anyway, all right. So salary cap to be increased next year. No, they they won't do that just because there's no. more people averaging better. They'll just make you work better for it. So, but um, look, I think that's maybe cheap rookies to squeeze the cap. Yeah, but look. You yeah. run the risk of if anything more than three is really risky in any line. So I think that's pretty much where we wrap it up anyway, Chris. Yeah. Um, but a little insight for you. I will be away over in Europe from, I think I get back around the 4th or 5th of January. So probably from around that point, we'll start to get together. Yep. Uh, we will be doing our analysis on our own like we usually do and picking apart the fixtures as well as the averages and the true averages as well as like hot streaks, like who finished the year better, that kind of thing. So we'll start to pick that aside. We will. And our, I reckon, I honestly think that our staple and our best content has always been preseason, the team by team analysis on injuries, who to look for, who's breaking out, who you look for just for a draft league, uh, and who did have a hot streak. So someone that you could actually pick in a standard league. I think that's where we do some of our best work, Chris. Yeah, I think our preseason is probably our strongest part. I, I I, I, I failed to see another podcast. I, I love all the podcasters out there, but ours is very, very, very in-depth um, in our preseason end. podcast. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. So um, uh, do join in for that. Uh, we love it. It's actually our favorite part. Yeah. We, we, sit, we, we spend hours and hours we'll and hours We'll get together and do like six teams and talk for like six hours. That's what we, we do. do. And we'll do that three times and yeah. we'll just go nuts. And then afterwards, we, uh, we, have to hit up we just see spots. what happens. We might have to hit up some sponsors for that. We'll just buy a carton and we'll just keep recording sponsored by this, this person. Sounds fantastic. I'm actually heading to Bolter soon. Uh, for the, well, we are heading. Oh, are sponsor. you coming to the Bucks party still? We, are we, we, we going? We're not going? I mean, you haven't been paid in six weeks. We, uh, we, no, I'm, I'm going uh, for the golf and the two tours of the breweries. Okay, cool. Yeah, excellent. I just won't be getting wasted on a boat. Bucks party, November 16th, Gold Coast. Be there or just don't come. <laughs> mate geez it's gonna be a short night if you're getting wasted like it is. you are now two pot screamer um but look that pretty much wraps us up for that and um look do stay tuned we'll still be around the socials if you just want to drop a line and say hey if you find anything interesting like any stat anomalies or anything like that if there are people that are interested in that please do hit us up and we will mm. then if we find it unless interesting, unless your name's fancy freaker we don't like you at all anymore lies um, <laughs> but look, if you find something interesting, hit us up. We can then possibly search further into that and include that into our analysis. And we will then give you a kudos for helping out in that process. 
Cheers, guys, and we uh, we appreciate all your hard work this year. Cheers, Big Ears, and have a happy 2019. Cheers, guys. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. I am